Hello, everybody. Last time I was talking about the chakras and the fact that the five Pandavas actually, although they lived historically, they also were um, symbolized in the Mahabharata as the five chakras in the spine. It's a very interesting thing there. It's, it's a long um, explanation, but when the energy comes from the, from the medulla into the body, it goes down the spine and it becomes locked at the center of the spine. And uh, there it goes to sleep, so to speak. There is, uh, you, you know, the tail of a, of, of a, let us say, of a dog, because we're more familiar with dogs. When a dog is happy, it wags its tail. When a person is happy, if he wags his tail, it means his consciousness is in the lower chakra as if he's smiling and everything is upward. It shows that he's raised his consciousness. But you can see something of the consciousness of people from the way they walk, where, the, where their center is, uh, where their consciousness is centered. And uh, gross-minded people, they live in the lower three chakras. An interesting thing is that when Duryodhana, I should say, when Arjuna, um, he won in contest the bride, Draupadi. Draupadi stands for the Kundalini. And he brought her home and he said to his mother, Kunti, I have brought a prize home. And the mother said, you must share it with all your brothers. And so she didn't know what it was, but he had to be faithful to his mother's wishes. And so Draupadi had, to, Draupadi had to be married to all five of the brothers. Well, androgyny is not a part of the Indian culture. And where is this, what's this story with the one woman marrying five brothers? What it means is that Draupadi stands for the Kundalini, or that power that is locked at the base of the spine. And uh, as the energy begins to rise in the body, you begin to feel this churning power at the base of the spine. They call it a sleeping serpent because the serp it's circular. But of course, there is no corresponding thing in the bone system of a man. Um, it's rather that as the energy, you know, when you have energy going through a wire, it creates a magnetic field that moves in a circular way. And so this energy creates this circular feeling in the spine. And sometimes the body will go in circles in in uh, meditation, Ananda Ma told me that there was a time when she was meditating in the early years and her whole body would uh, circulate so much that her head was almost touching the floor. And you, you learn to control this energy and this feeling and then finally it comes up the, sp the spine. But the, the kundalini power at the base of the spine must be awakened for spiritual uh, perfection. You cannot be divided in two. There is the satanic part of you that's the lower push impulse, and there's the God part of you which is the upper impulse, and they can never be united below. This is what Freud tried to do. He tried to get rid of people's suppressions, suppressed desires by making them just indulge more in sex. That's never going to give you freedom. Freedom you'll attain only when you can bring your energy up from the lower centers, not go down to those centers. The natural tendency of human beings is to go downward, but only by spiritual enlightenment will they find freedom. How far downward can you go? That's a good question. My guru said that you can go 
Um, normally, once you finally reach the human level, you, you don't fall again. But if you continue to live in a very animalistic way, you may go down for one lifetime and then come back again. But usually it's only for one lifetime. There's a curious story I read of a woman who met, uh, she was traveling, a Westerner traveling in Tibet, and she met this uh, family and they told her about the Lama living on, a, uh, on the mountainside near, near them. And this, oh, he was an old man and he tried to rape a young girl and the girl went running home and uh, told her mother that she, she could easily force him off because he was an old man. And the mother said, but he's a very holy man. Maybe he meant something. So the girl went back and the Lama said he wasn't at all interested. It was just that he was trying to save a fallen Lama who had, uh, was about to reincarnate. And he said, I wanted him to have a human life, that's all. But because you uh, pushed me away, that's fine. But he said that there was a donkey copulating in a nearby field and he will be born as a donkey in his next life. Such strange stories you hear on the spiritual path. But uh, in, uh, in such a case, normally you would live in an animal life for one lifetime only and then go back to the human. However, if you continue to sin, this downward level, which in a dog makes for a wagging tail, you can go down farther and farther. There's no limit to how far you can go. Yogananda said you can even become a germ again. Think of the punishment of knowing inside that you've been more than that, and yet somehow you're stuck in that little tiny form and having to work your way up. Yes, there is a kind of hell, and that's what it is, but it's not permanent. Sooner or later, you will come out of it. And the wonderful thing about this great show of God's is that nobody who has ever found him has ever said, oh, what a scam the whole thing was. They say it's the most wonderful adventure in the whole possibility of possibilities. <clears throat> Even if they have been through that kind of suffering, first of all, because time doesn't exist. On this level, it seems awfully real. You get a toothache and it seems very real. And you can tell somebody that, well, you won't be suffering anymore in a few years. It'll be very sad to think that those few years are still there. But when you're out of it, you see it all as just a dream. And you realize that the joy is beyond imagination of expectancy, as my guru put it in his great poem, Samadhi. In knowing God, you find that everything is no, no amount of suffering can detract from that final and absolute gain that will be yours when you know God. Dr. Lewis, one of Yogananda's chief disciples, said to him one time, Sir, when I reach fulfillment, when I attain liberation, what one thought bothers me? If I, when we come, when this creation is put out again, will I have to come back again and go through all this again? Master said, no, once you attain liberation, you're free forever. Forever, is it not? And it's not an even easy concept even. Beyond time, billions and billions of years pass like a, a flick of the wrist. The, think of it this way. People think of eternal hell. It's just a foolish concept. So let us take the example of a young um, boy brought up in a slum 
and getting owing to bad company, he gets involved with a gang. And at the age of 18, he shoots somebody and kills him. And so he goes to the other place, we can assume, right? Well, okay, he has to pay suffer for something. But let's say after a couple of billion years, somebody says, well, what are you down here for? He says, well, gee, I don't really quite remember. A finite cause cannot have an infinite effect. Whatever you do, sooner or later you can come out of it. There is no sin so dark that it will not finally be washed and become as pure as the driven snow. Anyway, you can go down, but you can also go up. And there would be no going up if there weren't the possibility also of going down. So be very firm. Remember, yes, you can make mistakes, and yes, you can go in the dire wrong direction, and yes, it's not going to be easy. Every step towards darkness is a step towards suffering. Those who, are, those who suffer are those who are out of tune with the divine. The more in tune you are with your own higher self, the more blissful you feel all the time, and nothing can touch you. People can uh, persecute you, they can martyr you, they can punish you in any way they want to. It can't touch your inner soul. Live more in that and you will find that nothing bothers you. Some people get upset because the toast was, over, was burned. Nothing will bother you when you have that consciousness of God's peace within yourself. Live in God and you will live in joy. Joy to you.